Game one of the NBA playoffs are in the books. The USFL has started back up. Jalen Hurts got a well-deserved payday. The Washington Commanders have a new owner. And with the draft upcoming, do we really know who's going to be the first overall pick? It's April. We've got a lot to go over. And there's a lot more on this episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sermon, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's Take 14. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, at Variety underscore sport underscore. And joining me back finally from her vacation, and we have missed her so much, is my co-host, Christy. Well, thank you. It's good to be back. And as always, you can find her on Instagram and TikTok at Christy Marie underscore double zero. Well, first and foremost, welcome back from a much needed vacation. It is good to have you back and it's good to be able to discuss some of these topics with you. Yeah, I feel like I was missing out on all the stories. Well, there will always be some stories to have when you come back. So first and foremost, now I know you're not the biggest basketball fan, but we do have to talk about the basketball playoffs even though I think you did see Morgan Wallen with the Lakers I did I sent you that and I said well I guess I like basketball now well I don't know if he's going to be at every single game but with this right now it's the playoffs you know we've got a lot of teams playing well the Lakers had a dominant win over the Memphis Grizzlies so right now we have a lot of teams that are you know doing well but also a lot of teams that got hit by the injury bug because John Morant got hurt. And then almost an hour later, Giannis Attendant-Kupo and Tyler Hero both got hurt. And Tyler Hero broke his hand. Yeah, and you kind of need your hand to play basketball. <laughs> right. And then, you know, we've got a team who I didn't even think would make the playoffs. And they just got destroyed. I mean, Minnesota, I think, lost by... 20 something points it, it was bad it was really bad like i think they scored 80 can i tell you i didn't even know minnesota had a basketball team they they <laughs> do <bad>. minnesota timberwolves <laughs> <laughs> so it shows i mean they play at target center i believe and then yeah. we have our teams in the south who are represented but atlanta lost and they had a they were down 30 to the celtics and then obviously mm. the grizzlies lost so not looking good for small market teams but a small market team in california the sacramento (laughs) kings did win against the warriors which i don't know how to feel about that you know i'm proud of them but also i mean it's weird you know i'm so used to the kings not being good Mm -hmm. and i feel like just the whole small market team and more specifically southern small market team it's like a broken record i mean you kind of pick any sport and it's like they get into at least the first round of the playoffs and then they let you down yeah i mean it part of this has to do with i think with the hawks you know they will always find a way to do decently and then the Grizzlies, I was really hoping that they would do better. I mean, you know, we still have a lot of games left, but they that game was just so back and forth with them. And then the Lakers came out and won. And, and I, I'm going to be honest, I do not want the Lakers to advance. <laughs> I don't either. We all know I'm not a LeBron fan. No, I mean, I, I have seen, you know, I've, I respect LeBron. I respect his oh, legacy. Yeah. But, I mean, this was a team – that basically just traded a lot of players and then now they're good. 
And they're one of their best players used to play for the New Orleans Pelicans. And he just has, he left on bad terms and a lot of New Orleans has not forgiven him yet or will forgive him. So that's my thoughts there, but we'll keep an eye on the NBA playoffs as it is a very exciting time. But moving on to our next point, which is in regards to the USFL and it is back. Yeah. And you got to go, right? I did. I was at the New Orleans Breakers game last night. It was a very fun game, you know, great atmosphere. And it was great to see that a New Orleans team did not let me down after <laughs> one had let me down last week. <laughs> yes. Um, but apparently there was a huge turnout in Birmingham on Saturday night. They had a huge turnout in Memphis on Saturday night. Last year, all the games were played in Birmingham or in Canton, Ohio. Now they're being played in Birmingham or Memphis or New Jersey or Canton. So it's nice that Birmingham is still getting some, I guess, exposure. Because mm -hmm. with this, we've talked about how it's important for our southern cities to get some focus. Oh, for sure. I think it just brings that love of sports that especially the South has back out and it gets people excited. And for players, it gives them maybe players who aren't able to be in the NFL or still working to get there. It just gives them a place to still do what they love and showcase their talents. One thing that was really interesting was that yesterday I saw Ruben Foster yeah, play. I saw his name come up. I was super happy for him. And as someone who, you know, saw him play for three years while I was at Alabama, and I know that he fought through a lot of adversity in the NFL, especially with his injury, I think he's just excited to be able to play football again. Right, and in a capacity, and I love that for him. I do too. And I mean, I think with this, you know, we've talked about getting more opportunities. Memphis has a team. They didn't have a team last year. Yeah, I think that's super exciting, and I think – as it grows, and I'm sure it's not going to grow maybe as big as the NFL, but it'll give maybe even smaller cities chances to have these sports teams. No, and I have to agree. And I mean, the person who's in charge of the USFL is Daryl Johnson, who is a commentator for Fox Sports, considered one of the best fullbacks in the NFL. He, he's not a Hall of Famer, but he is the reason Emmett Smith is a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's well-regarded, well-loved, and he's the president of the USFL. But the USFL was never meant to kind of force the NFL out. It's more just to capitalize on the space during the offseason where there is minimal action. And like we said with the XFL, it's just an opportunity to give players another shot. Mm -hmm. And I think... The USFL is almost like a trial league for some aspects of the NFL. I know you had noted that they had the same rules for overtime as college does. Yeah, which I think is really cool. I mean, mm -hmm. I love the idea. I almost thought we were going to go into overtime yesterday <laughs> because the score for the longest time was 15-15. Right. But that, I mean, that overtime rule just makes the most sense to me. But I feel like it's just the NFL kind of uses it to test out new calls and just see how fans are going to react. And then if it's, if they like it, they put it in the NFL. No, absolutely. And I mean, there are still certain 
rules that they're going to have in the USFL. One of them is in regards to having, you know, your feet down in bounds. It's never anything where it's just, oh, yeah, you get one foot. It has to be both feet. Right. I know that they still have very similar rules with penalties. But they also, you know, have the idea that the replay crew of officials have the authority to overrule incorrect personal foul calls. And there were a lot of times yesterday where I saw Mike Pereira on camera saying, yeah, we're going to overrule this. And I do like that because I think if you're thinking of NFL, like all the games and calls that could have saved, I just hope it's not overused. I don't think it will be overused because the thing that I had noticed in a lot of these games is that they were not high scoring games. Mm -hmm. You know, we're so used to the high scoring games in the NFL. Right. So I think with this, you know, it's still a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Obviously we have a chance to see some small market teams, you know, Birmingham, Memphis to name a few to be represented in the South. And I mean, they're expanding, but also most importantly, they're not here to just try and, compete with the NFL. They're just more here to kind of fill a void, and especially with the XFL season winding down. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's definitely a lot to look forward to, especially when New Orleans, now New Orleans actually is being hosted in Birmingham. Now the USFL does things a little different where they have a hub city. So New Orleans isn't playing in New Orleans. They're going to be playing in Birmingham throughout the season. So they will be the home team, but when they play Birmingham, well, We'll see how things go. Yeah, that's interesting. So moving on to our next point, it's about probably one of the most deserving players in the NFL, and he just got paid the big bucks today, and we're talking about Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and big bucks as in biggest ever. I mean, when him, you know, it's a five-year deal. Originally, the quarterback who had the highest contract in the NFL was Patrick Mahomes, good old Patty mm-hmm. Mahomes. Now it's Jalen Hurts. It's a five-year deal. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing about this is everyone is so proud and excited for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everyone, not just Philly fans. I mean, it's just, it's the consensus across the NFL, even colleges, both Alabama and Oklahoma. Everyone is just so excited for him. I mean, it's a five-year deal. It's a $255 million extension. $179 million is guaranteed. Yeah. But the biggest thing that many people are talking about is how this deal was negotiated by his agent, Nicole Lynn. Mm-hmm. And that's huge for NFL history. It is. I mean, you know, we think about agents and we think Mm -hmm. you know the 30 something the 40 something year old guy who's carrying a briefcase has his hair combed and gelled (laughs) we don't think women Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts was one of the first people to have not only a woman agent but his whole staff yeah is full of women yeah and I think a lot of that goes back to his mom I know he's talked about her a lot and just his upbringing with her and the impact she had on his life. And I mean, I have to agree with this too. You know, he is the son of a coach. Mm -hmm. He came from Texas and everywhere he's gone, he's been loved and impacted. 
So I think this is, you know, something he obviously learned from his parents, probably something that was instilled from him from probably Coach Saban, maybe Lincoln Riley. I feel like I'm sure Lincoln has some part to do with it. I'm sure. (laughs) But I think with this, you know, it's so well-deserved because here's the sad thing about Jalen Hurts. And here's the sad thing about a lot of quarterbacks who are a little bit shorter. He was told that in order for him to make it to the NFL, he would have to switch positions. Mm -hmm. And he didn't want to do that. Now, I remember Jalen in my public speaking class when I was a senior. It was right after he was benched in the national championship game for Tua. In one of his speeches, he broke down the game-winning play. And that just shows the kind of character he is. He broke it down, the touchdown to Smitty. Now, you know, he's swinging touchdowns to Smitty, which is great. But that was just the type of person he is. Mm -hmm. And to hear that he was being told, you need to switch positions, the same thing was told to Lamar. The same Mm -hmm. thing, I believe, was told to Russell Wilson. It's told to quarterbacks who are shorter, but it wasn't told to Tua. It wasn't told to Mac, but it was told to Bryce. Mm -hmm. It was told that you're not the stature of an NFL quarterback. Jalen took that and proved everyone wrong. And I think that's what's important to know here because he could have just said, you know, I give up. I am too small or I'm not a quarterback. I want to be a running back. He said, no, I want to be a quarterback in the NFL. And now he's showing that not only he is the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, but he's showing that they trust him. And that's a big deal because it's not saying that, oh, he had one good year. Let's give him a lot of money like Jimmy G. Yeah, this is He took over as a rookie had a good second half of his rookie season. He had a pretty good second season. In his third season, we gave him a top wide receiver and a really good O-line. And now he's taking us to the Super Bowl. The expectations are there, but also it's the leadership they have. Mm-hmm. And remember, he's a 25-year-old. Right. You have to remember how short of time all this has happened. It was just 2019 when he was benched and then transferred and people, like you said, were questioning his future. 2019 was not that long ago. It really was not. I mean, I remember watching his first game with Oklahoma, seeing him wear Mm -hmm. the number one and said, that is so weird because he wore the number two. Yeah. So I think with this, he's done so much. And even when you just, talk to him or you know Mm -hmm. ask him questions he just gives such great answers and he's so well spoken obviously you know he graduated with a degree in calm so it kind of makes sense but this is so well deserved and i mean i've been looking at social media all day and like you said everyone is so excited Mm -hmm. for him when it comes to eagles fans oklahoma fans alabama fans I'm sure there's still going to be debate about which school can claim him. Obviously, it's Alabama. Uh, built by Bama. But, I mean, I'm sure other people are excited about him, too. I'm sure Smitty probably has been cracking a few jokes mm-hmm. with him. I okay. would not be surprised. Yeah. But, you know, we are so proud of you, Jalen. This is so well-deserved. But most importantly, here's the thing. He has a no-trade clause in this contract. Yeah. 
And some people will question this, like it could be risky more on Jalen's part, but I think this just shows the trust on both sides. It really shows the trust that Howie has in Jalen, what Nick mm-hmm. Sirianni has. And obviously I know there are going to be questions of, well, you know, he doesn't have the same offensive coordinator like he did last year. Right. He still has the majority of his weapons. I mean, Smitty's yeah. still there. AJ Brown is still there. And he kept Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey, two of the mm-hmm. best offensive linemen in the NFL. So right. Jalen's not going to forget all that coaching he had from the offensive coordinator. He's going to keep everything that he learned from him. No. And I mean, I think with this, he wants to be in Philadelphia. He's mm-hmm. made it clear that he wants to be in Philadelphia. And I think this is showing that his teammates, his coaches and the obviously general manager want him there mm-hmm. because they could have just said, Oh, well, well you took us to a super bowl. You know, we'll just let you explore other options, but they had made it a priority as he improved over the season of, we need to find a long-term deal because we want to keep him here right. and he'll be good for the city. Right. So I'm very excited about that. This is so well-deserved Jalen. Now, moving on to another question. Now, we talked about this question a few weeks ago, and the point still is very similar. But who do we have going first overall? I mean, of course, I'm still going to pick Bryce. Now, there are scenarios where I could see him not going first and not making me too sad. And like you said, we really don't know. I mean, I feel like every week there's a new story. Like, here's the Panthers' new favorite, and then next week it's somebody else. It has been changing so much. NFL insiders are saying that it will be CJ Stroud, Mm -hmm. and then there's the odds saying that now it's Bryce. And the last time we had something like this probably was in 2020 when it was between Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Tua. Right. So I think with this, like you said, we really don't know what's going to happen with this first overall pick. I mean, it could be really anyone. Once again, we hope it's not Anthony Richardson because project <laughs> quarterbacks do not work. In the I NFL. mean, don't forget, you still have Hendon Hooker's name somewhere. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. If they did that, then the whole draft is broken. It is. I mean, he's from Charlotte. He's from North Carolina. Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't see it happening, but it's there. It's a possibility. It it should not happen. He's still (laughs) rehabbing. Yeah. He would also become the second oldest quarterback drafted in the first round behind Brandon Whedon. Yes. Well, that's because Stetson's not. That's another thing, too. Stetson's (laughs) draft stock is in jeopardy. Yeah. And not because of his football skills, apparently. No, it's because of his behavior. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. There's other opportunities, too, like <laughs> car dealerships, <like laughs> insurance. I was at least going to give him, like, XFL or USFL. Oh, no. I I think it's other stuff, too. Um, I mean, I maybe, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. But we'll revisit that in future <laughs> episodes. But, I mean, with this still, you know, the Panthers have met with Will Mm -hmm. Levis. The Colts have two. They met with CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. And then Bryce also canceled all his meetings for the pre-draft after meeting Mm -hmm. with the Panthers. But also the Texans weren't at his pro day. 
Yeah, which is interesting. And you don't know like what conversations have happened outside of media. So I, I know he's talked to the Texans before and who knows if they're still in contact. So I definitely feel like he knows where he wants to land. And I'm sure the team that's going to get him knows. And that's probably why he canceled all his meetings. But I think teams are just staying quiet. And I feel like that's more of like a business move because if you kind of hint who you're going for, then all the other teams can plan their draft around that and get the best picks. But if you keep it quiet and you pick someone they were picking, they might have to scramble to redo their draft. Right. And speaking of someone who isn't really helping us out, it's Jim Ursay with a recent (laughs) tweet where he said, for the 23 draft, we have many (laughs) options with the number four pick. We could stay put and take a QB or trade up and take a QB or trade down and maybe take a QB or not, smiley face. Right. All options on the table, but we like our position and we are excited. (laughs) The definition of pointing out the obvious. I I, I don't – someone needs to please take Jim Ursay off of Twitter. Um, I feel like that's just weird to me. I, I don't know why he tweeted that. Yeah, I'm not sure what his intent was. I mean, it definitely got attention and people talking, but I don't really know what we're talking about. <laughs> it, it, it's very weird considering I'm looking at his other tweets and it's just in regards to NFL history. And we're mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, that's great. You know, we want to know more about that or how he's talking about other things that might be unrelated. But then he mm-hmm. says, well, we might do this or we might do this. And I'm thinking, all right, we, we need someone to take his phone away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was a really weird tweet. But, I mean, maybe the Colts go with Will Levis. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe they make a chance and go Anthony Richardson. The Colts don't typically have a lot of picks in the top four. This is, I think, maybe – the most recent time it's happened. And before yeah. that, they picked Peyton Manning, Andrew Walker, Edwin mm-hmm. James. And all three of them have been terrific NFL players. Yeah, so they better make this one worth it. Absolutely. So right now, no one really knows. I mean, we will find out soon mm-hmm. who it will be. But right now, it's really just a guessing game. So we will just have to see. But who knows? Maybe they could say, oh, yeah, we're going to draft Will. And that would be fun. Yeah, I mean... And the only way I'd be okay with Bryce not going first is if he was to go to Houston, I think. Yeah, I kind of agree there. I mean, D'Amico and Bryce would be a great Yeah. Mm-hmm. And finally, with our last point, the Washington Commanders have a new owner. <laughs> it's about time. So, obviously, with this, if you have listened – to this show before Christy is from Virginia (laughs) and her dad grew up a pretty big commanders fan and tried to kind of get that on you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And to quote your dad, he has said many times they should just tear down the stadium and rebuild it and restructure it. Mm -hmm. In a sense, they are restructuring it. Yeah. I mean, this is part of the plan. I still think he thinks the stadium is like bad luck. So let me go to the Morgan Wallen concert first there in September, then they can tear it down. I love it. So really with this, one of the biggest things we talk about on the show is in culture. Mm -hmm. I think this 
purchase by the Josh Harris group is going to significantly improve the culture, especially yeah. because Magic Johnson is a big part of this purchase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like you said, I think that's huge. I mean, I remember the last game I went there, I went as a Patriots fan. It was to- Tom Brady was still playing, and there were more Patriots jerseys in that stadium than at the time Redskins jerseys. And it was kind of sad to see like the home team not being represented at all. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's a big thing that they really need to focus on. I mean, we know that there were so many negative stories about Dan Snyder and Mm -hmm. what he was doing and all the workplace drama. With this now, Josh Harris and his minority ownership or his ownership Mm -hmm. group, they have a chance to make it a clean slate. Right. And with this, you know, that definitely means a lot because, you know, you have a great defense. You have great players like Terry McLaurin. Yeah. But you also have to figure out questions about this. I mean, you have a pretty good coach. Mm -hmm. But also, I mean, the culture has not been good. So now this team has a chance to make a really good culture. Now – Josh Harris already owns the 76ers, the New Jersey Devils, and stake in the Steelers. But with the 76ers, you know, since he bought them, they've been a pretty good team. They've made the playoffs eight times. They are, you know, in the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. So he definitely has shown that he has a part in creating a good culture. Now it might take some time. I don't expect them right. to fix everything in year one. Right. Well, I think that's what they need. They need someone who can come in and keep things consistent. That's what's been lacking, I think, from the commanders for a long time. No, and I definitely have to agree. And I mean, with the New Jersey Devils, you know, it took them some time to be good. I mean, they are a really good team. I think they made the playoffs this year and they had Mm -hmm. one of the longest win streaks in hockey. Mm -hmm. But with the 76ers, they also had to take some time to get good. Now they're a consistent team. I think with this, we can see it as well from the commanders in the next next few years. I could see them yeah. you know, being better, mm-hmm. but I also think fans just might need to be patient. Oh, for sure. And I think you're going to see little improvements each year and then it'll get bigger and bigger. But I think his most daunting task as the new owner is just going to be finding people to bring on that want to be part of the rebuild. I think a lot of people want to come into a team or organization that is already built. They don't want to start from scratch. So you're really going to have to look for people who are willing to invest and, like you said, be patient. No, and I have to agree, but it leads me to kind of a question. Can they compete with other NFC teams in the next few years? I think they can. They're definitely going to have to kind of rebrand their reputation as a team. I feel like people just kind of write them off as one of like the little guys in the NFL. So they're going to have to work really hard to change that picture. I think they do soon. I mean, it'll take some time and Mm -hmm. they will get there soon. I mean, it's also hard because they're in the same division as the Eagles. Right. And with the Eagles, you know, they find their coach and their quarterback and, and 
they look good. But like we said, you know, when the NFC, we can't really think of well-known quarterbacks who are, you know, super duper good. Right. So I think with this, you know, they got a great owner. He's made changes before. He's improved culture before. The commanders need it. Um, Dan Snyder also probably needs to talk about everything bad that he's ever done. Yeah, an apology tour. An apology, absolutely. And then very soon, your dad, hope we can get his wish of (laughs) them building a new stadium. Didn't they just build a new stadium? Yeah, it's not that old. He just does not like the location. He he says it's hard to get to. He has all kinds of reasons. Uh, Well, maybe they should put your dad on the new committee for it. (laughs) Yes, maybe. I'm sure he would love that. He would. We have a lot of exciting news and there will be so much more, but that is going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. We couldn't have grown without y'all. You can find this episode on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We're basically on all podcast platforms. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Jake State Podcast or my personal Instagram, Jake Steel 14. You can follow Christy on Instagram and Twitter at Christy Marie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. We will be having a lot of new content coming out, so get excited. And as always, as always, thank you so much for helping us grow. We truly mean it, especially after this one year of being able to rebrand, three years total, which is still weird to say. But as always, thank you so much for all the love and support. Continue to be great. Make smiles. Be a light in this world. Be the best version of you you can be. And as always, we will see and hear from you all later. Take care. Bye.